Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I, I want to give you this word, and I'm going to do my best to be as, as quickly as possible. You're going to get to party this evening, so uh, maybe you can... You can take a little bit extra today, this morning. But I, I want to bring this, this message to you that, that the Lord's really dealt with me about. And it's the title of it is simply this, Take Up Your Bed. Take Up Your Bed. In John chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, And this, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Uh, while we're right there, just kind of throw this in. Uh, that word Bethesda in Hebrew means the house of mercy. Amen. Aren't you glad that you found the house of mercy? Amen. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity for 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? That was a question. Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is a Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. And they asked, then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can take your seat. I want to, to uh, start at the end of this story, at verse 14, uh, at the, the warning that Jesus said to this man that had been, had an infirmity for 38 years. Jesus said this when he found him, this was after he had been healed, after that he had been restored. Jesus looked at him, and said this, he found, by the way, I want you to notice uh, that when this man was healed and restored, where Jesus found him. He didn't find him by the pool of Bethesda, but he found him in the temple. Listen, there's power in the church. 
There's power in the body of Christ. There's strength in numbers. That's the reason, guys, you think I'm doing this because I'm a pastor. No, I'm telling you this morning, because there's power in the church, you need to be in church, you need to have your children in church every opportunity that you get because there's power in the church and there's strength in numbers. Amen. Jesus found him in the temple and he said this, behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, what Jesus was saying was this, you've been delivered and you've been set free, but you need to realize you need to hold on to what I've done in your life because if you let it slip, you will go back to where you were prior to the healing. And he said, when you go back the second time, it will be worse than it was before. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. There are many people today that God has touched at one point or another in your life or their lives, but they have not held on to that that they received and let it grow and they've gone back and now you might be wondering why is this so much stronger now than it was before? I want to encourage you today to understand that you've not gone back too far, that God can't redeem you. And I want to share this with others that are here this morning, that God has done something in your life, and, and uh, you know he's done that, and it would be tempting for you to kind of relax. I want to encourage you today to realize that it is not the time for you to relax. You need to feed what God is doing in your life. And I'm, I'm going to get on because I want to get to all of this. Now, let's go back up to the first part of this chapter uh, of where Jesus went to this pool of Bethesda. And it was a place where uh, there was a multitude of people laying around this pool uh, the Bible says that they were impotent, meaning without strength. They didn't have strength uh, to do anything. They were blind. They were, they were uh, crippled. They were withered. Uh, and they were waiting for the moving of the water. Listen, Jesus could have went any other place, but he chose to go right down in the middle of a cesspool of disease, bondage, and struggles. Amen. I want you to know this morning, Christian, child of God, the light that is in you was made for darkness. Y'all didn't get that. You done had so much church this morning, you done kicked back in your lazy boy. Listen, hear me good. The light that is in you was made for darkness. You need, to you need to declare that to yourself, that the light that is in me was made for the darkness that I'm going to walk in. The redemption that Jesus wrought in your life was wrought in your life so that you can offer it to other people and break the power of slavery and bondage from over their lives. 
The hope that I possess today was not given to me just to say I've got hope. But the hope that I possess today was given to me that I might offer those that are hopeless. So Jesus went right down in the middle of darkness. He went right down in the middle of despair. He went right down in the middle of struggle. He went right down in the middle of those that smell bad, those that didn't have good clothes on, those that some that probably didn't even have clothes on, those that hadn't put on deodorant in weeks and months. But Jesus went right down into the middle of the cesspool of life because that is where your life light will shine the brightest. That is where your hope will do the most in somebody's life. But listen, when Jesus went down into this place, there was people all around, but he was drawn to this one man and he walked up to this man and he asked him a loaded question. Anybody ever been asked a loaded question? My wife asks me loaded questions all the times, all the time. Do you like this dress? Do you think I look big in this dress? And I'm standing there saying, are you serious? Listen, Jesus looked at this man and said, wilt thou be made whole? That word whole simply means sound, healthy, and well. Jesus didn't ask him this question because he didn't know the answer. But questions many times are meant to provoke us to thought. And Jesus asked this man this question to provoke him to think about, I believe, where he had been for the past 38 years. And it was meant to cause him to begin to examine himself. When Jesus said, will you be made whole? It was a, to me, it was a, didn't even deserve an answer because I've been laying here for 38 years and I've been crippled for 38 years. So of course I want to be whole. But yet Jesus said, will thou be made whole? And so what Jesus was doing, he was getting the man to begin to examine himself of why have you been laying here for 38 years depending on something that would never happen. And so when Jesus asked this man the question, And the man uh, said, Lord, I don't have anybody. Every time the water is stirred and I try to get in, somebody gets in ahead of me. That was his problem. That was the situation that Jesus was saying. It's important that you understand that you've been waiting on a man to do what only God can do. 
But for 38 years, the man had laid there and never realized that I'm waiting on the moving of the water that only happens every once in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm blaming my, my sickness and my plight on man, but, but Jesus asked me that question and all of a sudden I had a V8 moment. I had one of those, one of those moments that all of a sudden revelation came to him and he understood that I've been trying to get man to do something for me that God is the only one can do. I've been searching for man to become my source and my resource and and I understand now that man is not my source, neither is he my resource. That ain't even my message. Listen, Jesus used that question to stir this man's faith and to cause him to begin to examine himself and begin to look inside of himself. Do you really want to be made whole? And, and I ask you that question this morning, and I know it sounds dumb, and I know it sounds crazy because you would say, of course, I want to be free, and I want to be whole, and I want to be clean in my life. Pastor, why would you ask me that question? Because when I ask you that question this morning, if I look in the eyes of a drug addict and I say, wilt thou be made whole? Of course you're going to say, I want to be made whole. But listen, it will cause you to examine the ways and the methods and the ideas that you've had in the past that you thought you could do it yourself. You thought you could fix this problem yourself. You thought you could deal with this addiction by yourself. But when I ask you the question, you realize that I can't do that. I need the power of God. But what I really want to get to is this statement, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Listen, in this story, and I'm sure you've already seen by now and you probably already knew that that statement, take up your bed and walk, was made three times. The first time, it was made by Jesus to the man. It was a command that Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. It was a command of healing spoken out of the mouth of God. The second statement was made by the man himself when he was questioned by those who were questioning him walking with his bed. And the man made the statement as an affirmation of what Jesus had spoken to him earlier. In other words, he made this statement that the man who healed me, who made me whole, said to me, take up thy bed and walk. Come here, brother uh, Jimbo. Come on up here. I done asked him about it. I didn't ask him, I asked him about it. I, I tell you what I want you to do, brother. I want you to unroll this and I want you just to lay down right here. Oh, yes. There you go. Yeah, just, just lay down on it. The third time that you see this statement, it was made by the religious crowd who were trying to rob 
him of the first statement. But his, his statement regarding the first statement nullified the voice of the third statement. Don't get caught up in all that and get confused, but it's very important that you see because when God does a work in your life, when God does a work in your life, when God does a work in your life, it is done. It is done. It becomes your responsibility to affirm this is what God said. Brother Jimbo, stay right there. Listen, if you fail to affirm what God has done in your life, the third statement will rob you of the first one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, understand this. That when God does a work in my life, I, I have to take the responsibility that on a regular basis, I have to reaffirm what God has done in my life. If God has ever healed you, then you have to reaffirm that on a constant basis. Why? Because the enemy will always come and want to question that that God did for you yesterday. God fixed your marriage and you get up this morning, you and your wife are fussing and, and bickering at each other and, and God, you know God fixed your marriage last year, but today it sure don't feel like it. But what you gotta do today is you got to put your foot down and say, Lord, you did it last year and it's still done today because if you don't, the enemy will say, no, he didn't do it the other day. He didn't do it last year. It's all messed up. You might as well get out of it. All right, listen. The phrase appears three times. Take up your bed and walk. Spoken by three different people with three different intentions. Now I want to get to the bed. The bed represents the man. This bed, my ballpark blanket, represents the man that's laying on it. What you lay in defines who and what you are. His bed represented 38 years of struggle and suffering. If it weren't for the grace of God, his bed would eventually rob him of his very life. But Jesus spoke the command, followed, up, followed by, it was, following the question, will you be made whole? And he spoke this command. But I want you to notice in, uh, that when Jesus spoke it, in verse eight, Jesus added a word. And it's a word that only he could add because man didn't have the ability to add it. And it's the word rise. I'm just gonna teach you something here this morning. I've been toting this bed around for two weeks in my truck and I'm, I'm tired of toting it around now. I'm gonna give it to you and you can do what you want to with it. Jesus added the word rise. He said, rise, take up your bed. Brother Jimbo wanting to go to sleep. <laughs> 
Now, just looking at that, you wouldn't think anything about it. Just put it over your shoulder like a cowboy does. There you go. Rise, but, but what you need to understand is that it wasn't just get up. Jesus added the word rise and the reason I said that he was the only one that could add that word rise to this statement is because the word rise, if you look it up in a Strong's Concordance, you will realize that the word rise means to arouse from sleep. It also means to arouse from the sleep of death. Look it up. The only one that could add the word rise was the one that had power over death. That's the reason that you didn't see the man say it and you didn't see the religious crowd say it because they didn't have the power to say rise. It's the same word that Jesus used uh, when he took the damsel by the hand, uh, the young girl that had died. And, and her dad had come to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, my child is at home sick. And, and when Jesus got there, she had already died. And, and the Bible says that Jesus walked into the room where this little girl was laying on the bed, dead and, and lifeless. And Jesus walked up to the bed and he spoke these words. He said, Talitha Kuma, that is, little girl, I said to you, arise. So Jesus had spoke Rise to this man, take up your bed and walk. He broke the chains of death that was over him. How many of you know that the power of sin will lead to death? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And what Jesus did, he he broke the chains of death from over that man when he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now listen, unfold that again, brother Jimbo. Now, don't lay it down. Just hold it. Now, I want you to unfold it again. Unfold it all the way. There you go. Now, turn around. Hold it up like that and turn around. There you go. You see, what this bed represents is bondages, lying, being lied to, abuses, rejections, perversion, Gossiping? I don't even remember putting that on there. Gossiping? Yeah. Cheating? You see, this represents what he was laying in. It represents the bed defined who he was because death had already consumed him. The chains of death had already wrapped around him and this was what he was caught up in. This was what he lay in for 38 years. But when Jesus said rise, it broke all of this stuff off. All right, now fold it back up, brother. And I'm I'm getting there, I'm fixing clothes. I'm on second page now, we're fixing to get there. But listen, Jesus did this great miracle. The man took his bed up and and, uh, put it over his shoulder and begin to walk. Go ahead down there, Brother Jimbo, and just kind of walk a little bit. Loosen your bones up some. And, and he began to walk, but, but listen, there was, Brother Randall, will you be an old Jew? 
uh, uh, not, not an old Jew, an old religious man. Stand up. Come up, come up here, brother. Point your finger at him. That, that's what that religious crowd said. All right. Now, come, come up here, guys. Don't, don't go back here too far. I can't hear you. Come up here. Brother Randall, you just point your finger. Now, this is what, this is what the man that had been healed said. It was, a, it was one of those stand your ground moments. You've heard that stand your ground law that they've come out with. It means that if you're uh, being robbed or somebody's trying to assault you, you have the right to stand your ground and, and shoot them down, whatever you, whatever you got the right. This was one of those stand your ground moments. And this man looked at the religious crowd and he said this, He said, "Uh, he that made me whole said to me, take up your bed and walk. And I'm gonna skip the rest of it. Uh, It was a stand your ground moment. It wasn't, oh, I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. You know, I'm just, how crazy could I be? You know, if he had done that, he would have been right back in that bed that had once defined him. But you see, the thing about it is that now he wasn't defined by the bed. The bed was defined by the one carrying it. So he shut the religious crowd down. But here is the religious crowd that's pointing a finger, trying to rob him of his blessing. Now, here's the thing, guys, that I want you to understand. The reason... The reason that it's so important to understand this is he had gotten a miracle. Bunch of y'all in here, you've got a miracle, but, but the devil is doing his best to rob you of it. The enemy's doing everything he can to pull it away from you and to rob you of it because he knows that if you keep going like you're going, you're, you're gonna become a testimony So the enemy working through religious folks was trying to rob him. Now here's the thing. He looked at him and said, you don't need to be walking around on the Sabbath day with your bed. Listen, the religious world for years and years had had established more and more rules and bylaws and commands that Jesus, that that, uh, had come out of the law of Moses. They, They had established about 35 different Laws regarding working on the Sabbath day. One of those laws said this, that if a man is caught carrying anything from a public place to a private dwelling, he is breaking the law of the Sabbath and to be punished by being stoned to death. That was what this man was saying to poor old Jimbo. Kind of step back from him now. Get over here. Just just look at him. Look at him. Point your finger at him. That's, that's what this man was saying to this one. 
that had been healed that was now carrying that that he used to lay in. You are breaking the law and because you are breaking the law of the Sabbath, you need to be punished by being stoned to death. So we can safely say by that that God had done a great work in Jimbo's life, but hell can't stand what God is doing in Jimbo's life. So what he does is that he finds some religious person, some bucket mouth saint or some bucket mouth heathen that will come along and say something to Jimbo that will rob him and put him back down on the ground on his bed once again. Listen, the devil doesn't want you to get out of your bed. The enemy wants to keep you in your bed of affliction because that bed of affliction represents who you have been for years and years the sin, the struggle, the bondage, all the breakups and all the disappointments, that is who you have been for 38 years. But listen, when Jesus said, rise and take up your bed and begin to walk, listen, he meant what he said. And listen, if you will stand by what he said, that's what I'm saying this morning, if you'll just stand on what God has done, If you'll just stand on what Jesus has already done in your life, you say, well, pastor, he ain't done that much. Yeah, you're here today. If he hadn't done something for you, you wouldn't be here. Some of y'all... Some of y'all, when you were playing around in the bars and the nightclubs, if he hadn't had an angel right there with you, you wouldn't be here today. Some of y'all, when you was running around on your wife, you don't know it, but there were guns that were pointed in your direction and God said, don't you do that. He's messing up right now, but I got a plan for him. I know. See, but the religious crowd said, who's that said, take up your bed and walk? That's where this man had to stand up boldly and say, he that made me whole told me to take up my bed and walk. Thank you, brother. You lost the battle, sir. I'm sorry. He will. Yeah, he will in just a minute. But listen to this. What Jimbo lay in for 38 years had defined who he was. Everybody that looked at Jimbo said, there's that crippled man. Unfold it. There's there's that man with, with the rejection. There's that man upside down. That's the way God does it. He turns it upside down. Amen. There's that, there's that man. Oh, I remember when he was a cheater. I remember when he was an abuser. I remember when he was rejected. I, I remember Jimbo said, I, I, I hear, I've heard all the people talking about me and all that. But listen, here's the, here's the thing, guys. The, 
the bed had defined who he was. And that's really good what he's doing right there because you couldn't see Jimbo for the bed. Because you see the bed hid who he was. But when Jesus came, he pulled it down and said, fold it up, fold it up. Because what you're folding up used to define you. But now you're going to be defined by what you're carrying. You used to lay on it, but you're not going to lay on it anymore. Now you're going to carry it. And you know what? It's going to be your testimony. It's going to be your testimony of what God has done in your life. Revelation 12, verse 11 says what? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I don't lay in this mess no more. Listen, God has delivered you and and, and this message is for people that are here this morning and I want you to get what I'm saying. God has God has set you free. He said, rise. And when he said, rise, brother Chris, you got up. The chains of death were broken from over you. The power of hell was destroyed from over your life. You was oh no good uh, Cajun. You wasn't no Indian from Port. You was a Cajun from Louisiana. That's gator bait. You knew Boudreaux, didn't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, let me get back. God broke that off of your life. It didn't matter if your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy and your great-great-granddaddy were alcoholics and drunks and, and wife abusers and child abusers and all that. It didn't matter when Jesus said, rise, those things broke over his life. They, they melted away. So you need to say the curse stops with me. It won't go to my children. My children are not gonna be alcoholics. My children are not gonna be drug addicts. My children are not gonna be raised in an abusive home. It stops right here. The curse has been broken because Jesus said, rise up, rise up, and the chains fell off and the bondage was broken. Hallelujah. But it never fails that the enemy's gonna try to rob you of that. And that's where Jimbo had to stand up and say, listen, you didn't tell me to rise. <laughs> you didn't have the authority to put that word on the phrase. That's a four-letter, four-letter. That's a four-letter word that hell hates to hear uttered out of the mouth of a Christian. Because now Jimbo has the power because he has overcome, and I'm fixing clothes, just relax. Uh, he is now toting that that he once was laying in, so he 
has the power over that now. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's no longer controlled and dominated by what he used to lay in. He has the power over that now. So Jimbo is walking with Jesus. I'm playing Jesus. Did y'all know that? Jimbo is walking with Jesus. And what Jesus had said to Jimbo is, go over here to Curry McMullen. You see, he's He's in bondage and he's broken down. And Jimbo, because he's walking with Jesus, can, can in the authority, using my name, can look at Curry and say, rise up. Say it again. Rise up. He heard you that time. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? God will take that that you used to lay in and it will become a testimony to those that are laying in the same mess. Y'all, y'all get that? Y'all understand? Brother Jimbo, give me my bed. Give Brother Jimbo a hand. Here's the thing, guys. God has set you free. He set me free but I have to stand on what he's done in my life because I know that I've got people, I've got the enemy around me that would desire to rob me of what God is doing in your life, in my life and the same with you. But understand this, that what God has delivered you from, he wants it to become a testimony. Can't be like a hog and go back to your wallowing. Amen. I see these people with these little pot-bellied pigs and all that, and and uh, I don't understand why you would want a pot-bellied pig, but <laughs> I thought about that when I said pot-bellied pig, Sister Erica. But I'm not I'm not talking to you about you, okay? <laughs> But listen, if it's got pig or hog attached to it, you know what? They're going to find a mud hole. God take the hog out of you, and he'll take the pig out of you if you'll let him. He'll change your life. He'll make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Would you stand with me, please? Now remember, Jesus said this to the man when he found him in the temple. He said, you're made whole. Now go and sin no more lest you be found with something worse than you had before. I know this message might not speak to everybody that's here today, but I know that it's spoken to some that are here today. Because God brought you here this, this morning or this afternoon now to put that word in you. Because, friend, he loves you beyond what you could ever imagine. And he cares about where you are. He has seen your tears 
and he's heard your cry and he said I am doing something in your life don't let go of what I'm doing in your life and he brought you to this crazy weird church today with all these folks that that are fanatical about Jesus to let you know that you're not defined by what you used to lay in anymore now you're defined by what you're carrying around and that's your testimony when they look at you today yeah don't don't worry about it when people come up and say I remember I remember yesterday just smile and say yeah I do too but I'm not defined by yesterday anymore I'm defined today by the the power of Jesus working in my life that has broke that power of bondage from over my life. That's the awesomeness of God because he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a redeemer, meaning that he purchased you back when nobody else wanted you. He's a savior. He's a chain breaker. So I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I, we're, we're not going to do any song or anything like that, but I just want this to be just a, a moment, a solemn moment for those that, that right here today, two minutes I want to ask you this question. What's defining you today? What's defining you? What are you defined by today? Are you defined by the failures of the past? Are you defined by the rejections of the past? Are you defined by what other people have said and what other people have done in your past? then can I tell you something? God is wanting you to redefine yourself today. God is saying, I want to take that that you've been defined by and I want that to become your testimony. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to speak to me today and say, rise, take up your bed and walk. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do anything like that. I need Jesus to speak to my life today and say these words. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you today that your word changes lives. The opportunity has been extended. The hand of God has been extended. And the reason that it's been extended is because of his great love for you. The invitation. I believe that's the reason he continues to speak today. He continues to just... It's just flowing today. God is just, it's just coming out today. Everywhere you look, it's just bubbling up. There's an invitation. There's an opportunity that God is saying, I want to, I want to do that, that you've been longing for me to do. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, at some point in this day, I want you to, to get in touch with me because I know God's dealing right now. I know he's moving. I want you to get in touch with me or get in touch with somebody that you know that can get you in touch with God. And it's just the simple act of saying, here it is, Lord, and here I am, Lord. Take me, take me, use me. I believe that's what God is saying. Amen. Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you this morning for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you have done today and how you've spoken, how you've ministered, Father, today. And Lord, this morning, we just commit ourselves to you today. Father, we've heard your word. And God, we will respond to that that we've heard. And we thank you. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.